for joining me. As it's Mental Health Week, I thought we could talk about the theme of Mental Health Week, which is kindness. So let's talk about it. First of all, when you think about kindness, how do you see that? I would guess you probably see it as an action toward other people, or perhaps something that others are actioning toward you. I think that's most of us would think about it in that way. I think we rarely think about it in terms of its root, where my experience has shown me it really needs to start. It needs to start with our demonstrating kindness and compassion toward ourself so that we replenish our resources, so that we feel okay if we're then to have enough resources to be able to feel kindly and compassionately toward someone else, to be able to give of ourselves kindly toward another when we choose. It might surprise you to hear that some of the kindest people I know, some of the people who are most compassionate, empathic and generous in their giving kindly towards others in their acts are people that sometimes could be seen to be behaving in a selfish way. Sometimes we can confuse self-love with selfishness and they are two completely different things. I see in action in my consulting room all the time the consequences of giving and giving and giving out to other people and not giving enough time, compassion and nurturing for ourselves, an absence of kindness toward ourselves. In my work as a therapist specialising in addiction, particularly gambling addiction, particularly in women, although I do work with men too, I, I see the results, particularly in the women, of burnout. The consequences of gambling addiction in women are, of course, those that we see so regularly in the headlines. She becomes completely irresponsible, completely obsessed with her gambling and her own desperate need, resulting from the craving to gamble. But that's actually the consequence of the gambling addiction. The cause of the gambling addiction is something there but for the grace of God you or I could experience. Most frequently I find that my client is a woman who has been living her life almost exclusively by unwritten rules such as please others. So she's put everyone else before herself, perhaps experiencing the rewards in terms of thanks and gratitude from other people. You know, that can feel good at first. It can help us avoid the 
the things we don't like feeling, such as guilt. We feel bad if we say no. We feel bad if we let another down when they need our help. But if we always put the other before ourselves, we end up in a ball of resentment and frustration. And for the majority of women that I work with, it is putting everyone before themselves that has led to such feelings of resentment, frustration, feeling sad, terribly low and depressed because there's nothing for herself other than gambling. So she's logged on and in front of the slot machine or in front of the computer screen. Finally, there's time when she has something for herself. And she takes that time by switching off her thoughts and her feelings that she'd rather not have. That resentment, that sadness, that anger and frustration that feels like there's nothing in life for her. She's just become a machine, a resource that is there to serve other people. So that's an example of the consequences of not being kind to ourselves. And actually not knowing very often how to be kind to ourselves. When I'm working with a woman who's swung like a pendulum from pleasing everyone else to wanting to tell everyone where to go, part of the work that we do is looking at how to replace gambling as a coping mechanism, gambling as a way of switching off those burnt out, resentful, stressful thoughts and feelings with a healthier kind of coping mechanism. So one of the questions I ask is, so how are you going to be kind to yourself? And often the answer is, I, you know, I don't deserve to be kind to myself because I, in my gambling, have upset and let down so many other people. My friends, my family, people I work with. I am now going to devote the rest of my life to making up for that. And, you know, that's an admirable uh, drive and intention. But if we look at how the addiction came about, it's really not going to work. Because all it's going to do is drive her once more to the point of feeling burnt out, angry and resentful. Because she's trying to overcompensate. She's making up for all the things she feels she did wrong while she was gambling by doing all the things that are basically going to result in further gambling as an emotional medication, a way of escaping from feeling once more she's got nothing for herself. So she needs to learn how to be kind to herself. And when I've explained that that overcompensation, that going back to How are you going to be kind to yourself? 
so that your life feels better, so that you are no longer living with such a high level of sad, angry and scared in your life that you need to take the exit route from your life through the computer screen or the slot machine. How do you be kind to yourself? Often the answer I get is then, I don't know. And if we pause for a moment and ask ourselves that question, ask yourself that question, how do I comfort and soothe myself when I feel sad? How do I deal with my anger when it feels overwhelming? How do I, how do I own it as a valid emotion and deal with it in a healthy way? How do I deal with my scared feelings, my intensely anxious feelings, so that I feel safe and secure? What do you answer? I hope that you would be able to jot down the little list that you would have an idea of what your emotional first aid kit contains, whether that's disappearing into box sets, it's going for a walk, it's getting cosy under the duvet, it's talking things through with friends and family. I hope, I hope you know what to do when you feel sad or angry or scared. I hope you know how to be kind to yourself and if you don't, don't worry. It is perfectly possible to learn. All of us have to learn, even us therapists. You know, we weren't just beamed down knowing how to have a a high level of self-care. You know, we learn, we learn often through our own bitter personal experiences. In Mental Health Week, we're all told that it's good to talk and absolutely it's good to talk. Often when my clients come to see me for the very first time, they say, Liz, you know, what good is talking going to do? Talking can do an awful lot of good. Of course, we can experience relief, a sense of release. We're no longer bottling up our problems. We can get perspective if we let all our crazy making, irrational thoughts come tumbling out. Often talking them through, we, be, we begin to sort them out and, and put them in a more rational perspective. That's really, really good stuff. It's really valuable. And often, as we're talking things through, what we also get is personal insight. We begin to understand ourselves better. But what I also believe and what I also practice, because I do practice what I preach, is that insight is a wonderful thing. And it's the first step to change. Insight, personal insight and self-awareness is the first step 
to change. But insight alone is not enough. It needs to be often backed up by action. So step one is yes, let's talk. Let's all talk more. Talk to friends, talk to family, talk to ourselves by journal writing. Get out a book, write three pages. First thing you do when you get up in the morning, get it all down on paper. Don't worry about spelling, punctuation, just let it all tumble out onto the page. That can be one wonderful way of not carrying around stress and pressure and ease overthinking. So step one is get the insight, understand what's going on within ourself, have that self-awareness. The second step is then working out who we are so we know what we need to do to be kind to ourselves. So the second step is working out what's going to work for you. Now, I would love to be able to say, well, here's the magic wand and here is how you go away and learn how to be kind to yourself. Sadly, I probably don't know you in person and I would need to get to know you to be able to work out a bespoke package for you. But what I can do is help you learn how to do that for yourself. So a top tip for doing that is first of all, work out whether you're by nature an introvert or an extrovert. Now, if you're an extrovert, you will have been having a really tough time during lockdown because you are someone that at the end of a busy and demanding day craves company and activity to restore yourself. So you're much more likely to be out there at the bar, at the club, you're hang gliding, you're spending time with your friends, you're talking, you're in action. So you you already have been struggling through lockdown much more than people who are more introverted by nature. Now, the secret is that many introverts have actually been having quite a good lockdown. And they're telling me that in their therapy sessions, almost in a whispered voice, because they feel bad about saying that actually lockdown for them has felt good. Because all of the stresses and pressures and demands and expectations of day-to-day life that feel too much for them have been locked on the outside. So people are telling me, you know, I know this sounds terrible because this virus is a dreadful thing, but actually I'm loving lockdown. And the reason is not that they are someone who doesn't care, that they don't have compassion. 
for others who are losing their lives and getting terribly ill with this dreadful virus. But they are someone who is recognizing that to be kind for themselves to themselves, they actually need peace and quiet. They need a slower pace. They may need time by themselves to restore. So if you recognize yourself in that second group, then you may have been finding lockdown a little bit easier than you expected because you've got that peace and quiet and you've got more peace of mind because everything else has been locked on the outside. But of course, whichever group we put ourselves into, we're all dealing with uncertainty and a feeling of losing control, which are two of the most difficult experiences that we ever have to endure as people. It's going on for all of us across the globe during the pandemic. We really don't like the fact that we don't know what's going on like we used to and that we can't control what's going on outside of our front door a lot of the time. So there is no better time to actually be looking inward. We need to be looking at ourselves, learning about ourselves and how we are kind to ourselves. So, if you're an extrovert, find stimulating, exciting, interesting things, things that you can engage your body and your mind in. Get the stimulation that you need for yourself to feel healthy and happy. If you recognize yourself more as an introvert, then find that peace and quiet wherever you can find it things that help you to relax and unwind and find that peace of mind. These are essential skills and that will give you the key, not just to continue through lockdown in as healthy and a happy way as you possibly can. It's also the key to leading a healthy and happy life. That's what I believe, because that's what I've seen in action in the last 20 years of my practice. It's about self-awareness, understanding ourselves, working out what we need to do to be kind to ourselves. It starts with us. And if we're kind to ourselves, we are going to naturally feel more compassionate and kind towards others and have enough resources to put it into action. Our physical and our mental and emotional well-being really is all about our relationship and it starts first of all with having a happy, healthy, working relationship with ourselves. Thank you so much for being with me. Bye-bye.